You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. Talking about intimacy with God, and I believe this is what's doing it, is we're spending time in God's presence, an intimate relationship with God. We're spending time, I believe there are those that are spending time with God in His presence personally. Um, I really believe that Monday and Tuesday uh, is creating an atmosphere for us as we come in the presence of God and as we continue to seek God, this is going to come through an an intimate relationship with God. We have to have it, saints. We have, we just can't um, um, just hit and miss in our praying, uh, but we can have it. But that intimate relationship isn't something that's well, I was going to say demanded of God, but, but it's asked of God. Um, God always initiates the fact of um, speaking to you or calling to you or coming where you are or visiting you. And the more you spend time in his presence, okay, the more he's going to visit you and talk to you and open himself up to you. You know, um, have you ever known someone and you felt like you'd like to get to know them, but they never give you the time to get to know them? And you felt uh, every time you was in their presence, it, there was, it was always a, a, a distance or, or you were hurried. You were hurried and uh, they were nice and kind. And we've got to get beyond that with God. We just can't uh, spend... Uh, uh, we, we, we do not just need an acquaintance with God. We need an intimate relationship. God wants us to know him. If I can just use the vernacular, he wants, the, he wants us to know how he breathes, how he thinks. Paul said in Corinthians, he said, you know, I come among you. He's talking to the people that he ministered to. He says, oh, I, I just, I, I'm just knowing Jesus only. I didn't come with you with man's wisdom. I didn't come with you with any other, any other thing. He says, all I come to you is uh, with the exaltation uh, of Jesus and the knowledge of Jesus. Now, he didn't say that we couldn't have knowledge and we couldn't have all of that. But what he's saying, you know, I put that all aside and I come to you. And that's the only way we can have power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit is to get to know God. You know, and I'm, I, you'll hear me repeat this again, but I'm going to repeat it. I'm going to say it right now. You know, you can, you can witness the power of God. You can see the glory of God, but not know God. You can see people healed. You can lay hands on the sick and see, even see them recover. But yet you don't have an acquaintance with God because you haven't spent time with him. We can get caught up in an atmosphere like this and it's wonderful. But can we carry it over through the week? 
Amen? Well, we left Moses in the mountain. Amen? Um, let's go to Exodus 19, 3, 7, and 20. Um, this was God, and Moses was called up, okay, to the mountain. This is this, and this scripture reveals that he was called in the mountain the second and third time. And at this time in Exodus 19, I'm not going to turn there, but the people were commanded not to go up to the mountain or touch its base. And then why? Because God did not want to have them around? No, because the holiness of God was, the power and the presence of God on Mount Sinai was so strong that if they stepped onto that mountain, they'd have died because of the, 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 the power and the magnitude and the might of the Shekinah of God. That's why we need to be covered by the blood. That's why Jesus had to come so that we could come into the presence of God. Why did Israel fail so much? They didn't know God. They saw his power. Every day they looked out of that tent uh, after they settled in their nation. They looked, at the, they looked at, they out of that tent and they went out and looked out of that tent and they saw the tabernacle in the center of it. I mean, God wanted, wanted that tent to be in the center. So when they went in, they saw it. When they went out, they saw it. When they walked, they saw the glory of God. And they saw that every day they was afraid of it. And the reason why Israel sinned and went into idolatry is because they didn't know their God. Because as far as they was concerned, he was, he, he, they were enticed by the foreign gods and by the enemy. That's why God said, when you go into this land, I want you to kill everybody and I want you to destroy every God that's here. And I want you to burn the Asherah pole because that was a, that was a, a, a sexual um, emblem. And God says, I don't want that here. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, the reason why a lot of people backslide isn't because of the trouble they get into, it's because they get into the trouble and they don't know God. They don't know how to pray, they don't know how to work. I mean, I want to tell you something. If you know God and trouble comes your way, you know what the first thing you'll do? You'll run to your secret place and you'll cry out to God for help. That's intimacy. Nothing in this world will entice you. And actually, there's nothing in this world to, I can't see anything. I mean, the beauty of the, of the, beauty of the, the, the uh, earth and all of that. And there are good things in this earth. I'm not saying everything is bad. Uh, but there are good things in this earth and everything else. But, you know, we can't set our affections on them. Because we're actually living in a fallen world. I mean, we're waiting for the redemption of this earth. And that's why God established a church to bring about redemption to humanity. That's why it's not good for, to water down the moving of the Spirit. Nothing can compensate for what we have right here. Nothing. And I'm going to, say, I'm going to throw this in. Saints, when you can be in church, that's where you need to be. But just coming to church is not going to get you intimacy. 
if you get intimate with God by your, in, in your private time, and you've got to create a private time. You can't get it all here on Sunday or on a Monday or on a Tuesday or on Wednesday. It's wonderful to have teaching like we've got on Wednesday night about praise and worship, but if we don't put it to practice in our personal life, it's no good. What's the sense to have knowledge without practice? And intimacy will bring a praise and worship from our hearts that no one can stop. I mean, the minute if we have time with God and we've been spending time with God, the minute we get in church, we'll feel his presence. The minute the music comes, up will go our hands. You say, you don't need music. Of course you need music. We need music. We need art. We need all of that. Because we are visual people. But if you have an intimate relationship with God, when someone's painting a picture or a certain song is being sung, it will hit the, it will hit the nerves and the chords of your spiritual, spirituality and it will take you into the presence of God. We don't have to depend on music, but God, God put it there. And God put all the talents. The trouble is, we let the world take it. We should have been the leaders in the movie realm. We should have been the leaders in the art realm. Amen. The church should be the leaders in everything. We should have the corner on it all. Now we're trying to get it back. And thank God it is coming back. The last two movies that were put out I can't remember, it was uh, the box office uh, was, was uh, more than ho Hollywood could ever realize the money that came in. What does this show us? There's a hunger in this world. Do you know why people are going the way they're going? Not because they're bad. There's nothing else any better. And the church is trying to be like the world when, when the church should go the other way. Because people are hurting, people are aching, people are crying out for something. And that something is having an intimacy with God. And the church should be here leading our people into that intimate place with God by our, by our example. Does this make sense to you? What we had today was an intimate relationship with God. A heart-to-heart felt relationship. This is what's going to take us into the supernatural. This was going to bring, uh, we, want, we want signs and wonders and miracles. You can't work them up. But let me tell you something. You get into the intimate place with God and faith will build in your heart. And when you speak, things will happen. Well, I got to get Moses off the mountain. <laughs> and so, in, and let's turn to Exodus uh, 19.20. And I'm just going to skip. I'm not going to go um, read it. Um, 
He was called up in 1920. He was called up to the mountain for the fourth time in Exodus 19.20. And it says, then the Lord came. And if you want to get yourself into all the information, you can read it by yourself. But I'm just going to the high points. Okay. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up. Isn't that wonderful? That God, Moses didn't call God. God called Moses. He wanted to have an intimate time with Moses. And we are all little Moseses. That's, is that proper? There are times when he wants to talk to you. There are times when God gets lonely for you. He do you understand how much God loves you? He loves to fellowship with you. All right? So we see there, he's called up, and, he, and from here on, he was in the mountain for 40 days. Now, we find when we go to Exodus 20, we find that um, God uh, gives complete instructions how to govern Israel. The domestic, the financial, everything. Uh, and you will find here that from uh, Exodus 21 to 31 uh, is all the instructions and the things that God gave to Moses in the, that 40 days on the mountain. The domestic, uh, how to uh, operate in the domestic area, uh, in, the, in the governing area, and he gave it to Moses. Okay? And, and that included the Ten Commandments and making the tabernacle, the place of worship, where God's glory could continue to rest. Then in the six, uh, uh, the, I mean, and then number six on my notes is the golden calf incidents. You see, because they didn't have an intimate relation, and you've got to understand, all this happened, all this happened after three days out of Egypt. Israel had spent almost 400 years in an idolatrous nation. When God sent Moses to the Israelites, he's going to say, listen, what he was implying, he says, what am I going to take? What's the name of our God? What's the name of God? He said, what am I going to tell him? You, you, say, you say, God, well, what's his name? Because what Moses was implying, Egypt had multiple gods. Everything seemed to be a god. And Israel had been 400 years out of the presence of God and they did not have an intimate relationship with God. And they were entwined into all the idolatry and everything else. And that's why, that's why here they built a calf. That was so easy for them to build a calf. They were out of Egypt, but Egypt was none of them. And that's why God took them to the mountain and God spent 40 days with Moses, okay, Moses had an intimate relationship with God, and it was a continued in, in, uh, 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 um, intimate relationship. It was a continued relationship with God. We must have a continued relationship with it. It can't be hit or miss. You're not going to get everything on Sunday. Now, some of it to you may think this is old hat, but it's needed. God wanted me to teach it, and I'm teaching it. And so, if it's old hat, take it for the second time. 
Because this is what is why we're having what we're having. Because there are people that are having intimate times with the Lord and they are being changed. And so when they come here, they bring that same attitude into the sanctuary and God meets us. We don't have to work it up. And we are spending, and I want to tell you something, spending time on Monday night and Tuesday night God appreciates, and he meets us every time we come. Every single time. He loves that time. We've made a statement. We don't want you talking. We just want you to come into the presence of God. We don't want you talking. After it's over, we want you to leave. Taking that residue of that presence of God with you. We're carriers of his glory. We knew, I know that was a theme we had for a little while. A while back, a year, a year, I can't remember what year it was, but but we are actual carriers of His glory. But we're only going to be carrying. See, Moses was a carrier of the glory of God, because he'd spent time in the presence of God, not on the mountain. He had a prayer tent that he went into. I'll get into that later, but here, here they are. It says, "Here's the golden calf incident." Exodus 32, now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain. See, the Israelites depended on Moses for their experience with God. And sometimes we come and we depend on Monday, uh, on Sundays to get our fix for God so that we can go through the whole week. Now Moses had spent, and you know something? It was so unique in Israel when Moses went into that tent. And they called it a tabernacle. And I, I mean, but it was so unique when Moses went in the tent that all Israel stood at the tent doors and looked because the glory of God that was on the mountain came down on the tent. I want to tell you, when you spend time with God, you become a carrier of the glory of God and that glory goes with you wherever you go. This making sense? You are carriers of the glory of God. But I want to show you the dialogue that God and Moses had, the intimacy that they had, and the friendship they had. And, and after I read this, it says, Now when the people saw Moses delaying coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said, Come make us gods, a God that shall go before us. As for Moses, the man who brought us out of Egypt, we do not know what has become. And then you can read uh, in verses 3 and 6 the incident of the golden calf. Verse 7, and the Lord said to Moses, go down, go get down. Now here's the, do you understand, while they're in the mountain, Moses and God are carrying on conversations. God is talking to Moses. God is saying, I want you, this is what I want to the plan I want you to lay out for the tabernacle. This is the plan that I want, I want you to follow for, for the domestic government of, of governing of Israel. Uh, this is what I want you to, to go into the, the um, government of, of uh, uh, running the, the nation. Okay? Now, 
God did not write that all down. He just wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablet. But Moses, I believe, was up there busy writing things down. He gave exact dimensions for the tabernacle right here on the mountain. God, 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 Moses did not get this by piecemeal. All right? Okay, so get down for your, for your people whom... Now, I want you to notice here, because Moses is going to negotiate this, for the people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt. This is God saying to Moses, have, have corrupted themselves. Now let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them and, that, uh, and, them, and I may consume them, and I will make you a great nation. Now look at this statement. And Moses pleaded with God. This is an intimate, direct dialogue. Moses said, God, you can't. You, you can't destroy them. Here Moses was interceding for God. Do you know there are times in your intercessory times and your time of, of intimate times with God and getting along? God will use you as an intercessor. You'll go into intercession. God will bring names to your mind, bring situations to your mind, and you and God can have a you and God can have a same dialogue as, as Moses and God has. God is no respecter of persons. This is kind of of a relationship that you can have with God. Moses pleaded with God. He says, 13th verse, remember. He's talking to God now. He said, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What was he talking about? He was talking about the covenant you made with these three patriarchs of Israel. They were having that close of a relationship that God says, I mean, that Moses says, hey, God, have you forgotten your promise? You find his, his promise to Abraham in Genesis 15, to Isaac in Genesis 26, and to Jacob in Genesis 27. And Moses continues with a very candid and precise dialogue with God. Let's look at Exodus 33. One. Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt to the land of uh, which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants I will give it. Moses was reminding God of what he said. All right? And then the second verse. And I will send an angel. Now, this is after the calf. God said, I'm not going to go with Israel. This is what Moses and God was pleading about and was talking about. God said, Moses said to, 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 to God, he said, you've got to remember your promises. You made a covenant with these people. And God would, uh, Moses wouldn't let God go. 
And this is where intimacy comes in with God. We can go to God and remind him of things that he has spoken to us. And if God has given you, this is why sometimes it's important to write your prophecies down or to get them, that if they've been, we record everything and, and, and make a catalog because you can get into the intercessory prayer in your time and when the devil comes to you and says, look, this and this and this or everything, and you can say, God, you promised, you spoke on January 5, uh, 2025, on, on 19, uh, 2025 or whatever it is, and say, this is what you said to me. And you're a man that cannot lie. And you can hold God to that promise. You say, oh no, yeah you can. You can have that much closeness with God and that much innocence with God that you can go to God and remind him of what he has said and God will have to comply to you. God is not a one that will break his promise. If he's promised you, hold on to it. Don't give it up so soon. The devil comes and tries to discourage you. And you say, well, you know, God promised me four years ago, and it hasn't happened yet. If he's promised, he's got, I mean, he promised uh, uh, Abraham uh, and Sarah a, a child. And they never got it for 25 years. And if, Sarah, and, and, and if Sarah had been in an intimate relationship with God, we would have never had Israel and we would never have the problem like we've got in Israel in the area today. And God promised Haggai that she, that he, she would make a great nation out of Ishmael. And he's kept his promise. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And you're saying, well, what happens if it doesn't answer? Pray until it does. And there can be beautiful times of intimacy with God where you and God can just fellowship and enjoy one another. Look at the, look at the, the, the conversation. I love this. And look at this. And, and he said, I, and the second, I will send my angel before you. Okay, hold that. Now go down to the seventh thing. And Moses was talking with God. And then what did Moses do? Moses took his... Now, you probably want me talking about signs, wonders, and miracles, and all this stuff is happening. That's immaterial. Signs, wonders, and miracles are immaterial. That, that's a given. Signs and wonders and miracles will not make you follow God. You can have death rays and everything else, and you can still go out and backslide and go away from God if you don't know God. Miracles is not the answer. Signs are not the answer. Those are the favors of God that God gives to you for being intimate with him. Because he's promised it to you. And when you get intimate with God, you can be used in the gifts of the Spirit very easily. God can speak to you anywhere. And he wants to use the miracles. Now, miracles and signs and wonders is what calls sinners. But we can have signs, wonders, and miracles right in front of us and still not be changed. 
We can be awed for the moment, and then we forget it. Time has a way of erasing memory. Are you listening to me? And you want to be used in signs, wonders, and miracles? Get along with God. This is why Moses had such an intimate relationship with God, because Moses had a prayer tent. Now, I'm not telling you to go home and build a prayer tent, but he had a place where he could go, and he went every single day to that time and place of prayer. So did Jesus. Jesus' place of prayer was in the mountain. Around Israel. Intimacy. Alone times. Where it's just you and God. And then sometimes you go into that place and you just don't want to say anything. You just want to be in the presence. And it becomes a habit with you until you look forward to it. And when you don't get it, you miss it and you feel miserable. Not God doesn't convict you on that. It's just you because you have such a relationship with God that you want that that time. You can't wait to get to church. Now, I know we have all kinds of, we have vacations and we have all this stuff, but you know, you get into the intimate places of God and you don't want to get out of it and you look forward for the time when you get into church. You look forward when there's special services. You look forward. Special services and all that does not really do a thing for you if you haven't had intimacy. Nothing can be birthed without intimacy. You've got to have that alone time. And it's the same thing. Spiritually, and I know I'm talking to all adults here, but spiritually, that intimate time, that's when God impregnates you with his power and his glory and his majesty and his might. And you give birth. Think of it now. That's when God gives you visions. Oh, I know you can get visions in church and get all that stuff, but I'm telling you, when God gives you a personal vision, it will not leave you. And you most generally get those things because you've been in intimate time with God. Whether you get them at night when, you, when, you're, when you're sleeping, etc. but it's because you've been with God. Don't question God and don't want to get into his presence and let God speak to you and he wants you to speak to him. And he wants you to be honest. God's not afraid of what you're going to say and how you feel. And God doesn't condemn you because of how you feel. When you feel miserable, you go to the intimate place and say, God, I don't understand. I need an answer. Now, when you go with respect, you can go with respect and you can be very candid with God. He doesn't get offended. When he gets, what, what he gets offended about is when you ignore him. But he's not afraid 
of your misunderstanding. You know, oh, you got to have faith. You got to have faith. All faith is is confidence in God and will do what he'll say. Faith is confidence. How do you get faith? Spending time in the intimate place with him. All right. So let's look here, okay? Now let's go down. Uh, let me see here. And then seventh, it says, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which is outside the camp. So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose, and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tent. Now look what happened when Moses goes into the tent. That's his intimate time. That's his alone time. That's when he and God, what does it say there? And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. You want to have God talking to you? Get into that time of intimacy with God. So the Lord, the 11th verse, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks with a friend. Now there are friend, friends, and then there are friends. There are friends that you, you have, which are really acquaintances, you don't have to say too much to them, you know them, but then there's a friend that you can tell anything to. And nothing will be divulged. God is your friend. Jesus, the Bible said, is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Jesus is your friend that you can tell all your, and he's not going to hold it against you, or you won't hear it uh, on the news the next day. Or hear it around town. God can keep your secret. That's why you don't confess your sins to a pastor or a priest. You confess them to God. Because a pastor and a priest might divulge it. Or a, or a friend that ain't a, ain't a friend. And I know I said ain't. Um, by the way, it's all right to use ain't now. Okay. Look at the 12. Now here's a conversation that's going on in the tent. Then Moses said to the Lord, See... You say to me, bring this people. Now, remember that verse that we had, okay, back. And God said, the people you brought out, out of Egypt. God said to Moses, I'm done with them. But what did, God, what did Moses say? He said, see, he said, God said to him also, you go and I'll give you the lamb, but I'm not going with you, I'll send an angel. I don't want an angel walking with me. I want God walking with me. Angels are great. They're wonderful. And it's wonderful if we see them. And I haven't seen an angel in my whole life since I've been saved. But there's nothing wrong with seeing angels and all of that. Oh, I think I saw one. But I'm going to tell you, when you have an encounter with God, you'll never forget it. When you have a dialogue with God and you have a continual dialogue with God, you will never forget it. You always feel at peace and when, when peace seems to elude you, you go to God and God will soothe you. 
And this is how candid he was. See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know your name. And Moses is saying, if you know my name, then I want to know who's going with us. I'm not going to go up there into that land, all those giants and everybody else, without your presence with me. And what God was saying, Moses was saying, I don't want an angel. I want your presence. And I don't necessarily want an angel, a visitation of angels all the time. I want the visitation of God. How many want that? Now therefore, I pray if I have found grace or favor in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. And what he's saying, I want to know you intimately. That's what knowing means. It means yada. It means an intimate relationship with God that begets the supernatural. See, that's what God does. God comes down in his glory and impregnates us with his glory. We've got Jesus inside of us, the Holy Spirit. Jesus is inside of us. When we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God himself was infused into our spirit. God restored, I mean, this is old hat, but God restored, okay, his glory, etc., to humanity on the day of Pentecost. The same glory and breath that he breathed into Adam, he breathed into the church. God shaped Adam and Eve, but they were not complete until he breathed the breath of lives into them. The disciples was great. The promises was great. But until God breathed his spirit and he came in the cloud that day on the day of Pentecost and he sat on them with tongues of fire, he breathed, and listen to me, he impregnated them with his power. He said, I don't want you to leave. I want you to be there for 10 days. I, I want you to go and don't you leave until Amen. He said, that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. God said to Moses, go take, your, go take the people that you brought out of, out of Egypt. Moses says, no, 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 no. I didn't bring them out. You brought them out and you put me in charge of them. And consider this nation as your nation and consider this nation is your people. Look how God and Moses have as dialogue, and look how they are corresponding with one another. You can talk like that to God. You can actually talk to him. Not being arrogant, not being haughty, not being, not being uh, uh, belligerent or anything like that, but you can actually come boldly into the presence of God and be very candid with God. 
you can tell God exactly how you feel. You can go into his presence and say, God, I am so angry. Help me with my anger. And God will be to minister to you, strengthen you, and then begin to reveal himself to you so you won't be angry. That's God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's beautiful. You don't have to stay way away from God. Israel had to, but we don't because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ has brought us nigh to God. I'm going to stop. Is this, is this making sense? And Lenny said, now listen to this. And then here's God. God relented in what he said. Over in chapter 32, 11 and 12 verses, God was so angry with Israel. He was upset with them. He said, I disown them. Don't want anything to do it. Take them and go with them, and I'll send an angel with you. Moses said, oh, no. No, God, you got me into this mess, and you're not going to stay with me. You're not going to walk off like that, God. Hold God to his promises. You may be going through hell, but I want to tell you, while you are in the, in the place of going through that horrible time, you and God has given you a promise, go and hang on to that promise until God breaks it and God moves of you. Don't give up. The devil will throw everything at you. But if you have been in the place with God, you have had prayer time with God, you can have a tenacity with God that God has to relent. He promised Abraham. He promised uh, Jacob. He promised Isaac. He walked between the, the, the lamb, the, the cut up lamb by himself, the separated lamb by himself, all by himself. Abraham stood there and walked. He never even had to make an agreement with God. God said, I'm doing it. And he'll do the same with you. You can hold God. And then the 15th verse said, he said, then she said to him, if your presence, see, this is what God was asking. God didn't want an angel. You heard me say, I just said it before. God wanted God. I mean, I, I, Moses wanted God. Now, I want to tell you something. Again, I'm going to repeat this. Miracles and all these things are birthed out of your intimate time. Revelation is going to come to you. When you are in the, how many have had it happen? When you're in that intimate time with God, a scripture will drop into your mind. Don't ignore it. That's God. That's a rhema. That's God actually speaking to you. Stop and go look that word up. And pretty soon you are going to be going through a Bible study in your intimate time. That's why you need a good study Bible. Or good references so that God can take you through those things. Stop. You may have a Bible plan, but be, 
that may be, that's all well and good, but you don't always stick to your Bible plan. Go in leading of God. When God, there are times when I'm, I've been studying, all of a sudden a scripture will come to me, boom, that is relevant to what I've been studying. And all of a sudden, I'm taking off a whole different course. And God begins to answer and talk to me about my needs. And sometimes it's just a portion of a scripture. Stop and look it up. See where God takes you. And that only happens in the intimate time. Now I want to tell you something. You may be driving the car. God will give you a scripture. You may do other places, wherever. But I believe that he speaks to you like that because of your time that you've spent with him. And so he loves you so much that you've had fellowship with him that day, that he just carries it on and says, okay, I'm going to give you a scripture or I'm going to speak a word to you. Either this is true or it isn't. Either what I'm saying is true or isn't. If you don't really think that this is all necessary, then don't do it. I'm just telling you where you can go in God if you spend time with him. And you'll, not, you'll get to that place where you feel cheated if you can't have it. I hate it. That's why I shut this phone off. So a lot of times when you call me between 7.30 and about 9.30, you may not get an answer. Because I hate it when I have that time has to be interrupted with God. Now, not that I'm so spiritual, but listen, I want God. I'll get back to you sometime. Then he says, then he said, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. God, just, just forget it. Just forget it. I'm not budging from here. I'm not budging from Sinai. You promised me a land flowing with milk and honey. You promised that you would take care of the giants. And I'm not going. I'm not going with an angel. And I know the Bible said that the angel of the Lord encampeth around about those that, that, that um, diligently seek him, right? Is that what it says? I don't dare to quote that other end because I may get it wrong. But the angel of the Lord encamp around about us. But it's nice to have angels, but those angels are sent by God. And I like to throw one thing in here. You can't send angels. Don't try it. The only one that can send an angel is God. God sent an angel to you. God can tell you, I'm going to send an angel and, and uh, I'm going to send my angel with you. But don't say, God, don't get to that point where you say, oh, I'm going to send an angel down there. No, 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 you won't because you're not God and they don't have to follow your direction. You're not that holy. Okay. 
For how then will it be known that your people have, and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall separate, shall be separate, your people. Ooh, that's powerful. Do you realize that you are a separate people? The blood of Jesus Christ and his spirit in you have made you different than anybody on the earth. The church is different. We're not like everybody else. I'm not talking about CLP. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. You say, well, where's the love of God? No, and that doesn't show separatism and all that stuff. It's just actual fact. We've been changed. God loves us, and he loves the whole world, but he has a particular love for us. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something. He has risen or raised the church up to be his representative in this earth. And he loves the church. He loves the church. He loves the church. With all its flaws and failures. And God will not work outside of his church. If we don't do it, it won't get done. That's why we need intercessory prayer with God. Time with God. He has, he, has, he has made himself not susceptible, but dependent on us. That's why the Bible said he searched for a man to stand in the gap. He couldn't find anyone. So what did God do? God had to send judgment. You mean God could have? Not without the intercessors. Not without praying people. Wow, that sets a whole different light on it, doesn't it? That's why the devil comes and tries to discourage you. That's why all the stuff that's bad happens to you. That's why everything that's not good happens to you because the devil is knows the power that you have with God and he knows that you are his favorite and God and the devil hates it because he wants that he wants wants your praise he wants your worship he wants all your allegiance and he'll do everything he can to destroy you. He even tried to destroy Jesus because he knew who Jesus was. And I like, and you've heard me say this, and I'll probably say it over and over again. Jesus looked at him and said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus was looking at him and he said, do you know who I am? I'm the Lord your God. The one that created the earth, the one that created the heavens, the one that went before Israel. And what did the devil do? Left him. All right, I'm going to stop with this. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. Now, here, now, here, now listen to the conversation. Here it is again. I'll do this thing. And, and God was sitting there in the tent with Moses 
listening to everything Moses was saying. That's awesome. It's awesome that we can have an audience with God like that. God loves us. And when he sees us taking the time to spend with him, he will pour everything he has of himself into you to fulfill what you ask. Intimacy is relationship. I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, or grace. And he reiterated again, reiterated again, I know your name. Now, I want to tell you, God knows your name. I had a prophecy said over me uh, when I was in, in, in college, Bible college, and in a... In a um, uh, street, yeah, I mean, um, what was it? A church group that met in a place in the, in, in the city. Storefront, yes, thank you. Storefront. Us three walked in. And, we, and you know what? We didn't walk in holy and humble. We, we walked into that place because we were college students. We were in... We were in Zion Bible Institute. I mean, we went to church in the temple, you know, and the temple and the glory of God filled the temple and all of that, you know. And, uh, and so we went and said, who are these? Little did we know that when we got out of college, we'd probably end up in a storefront too to begin with. <laughs> so we went in and, you know, it was, it was a usual. I mean, they were, they were carrying on about like we do, small group. We just walked in, sat down. And this, the, I, I guess she, she must have been the pastor. She stopped, she looked at me, and she says, come down here, because my friend started snickering. And I thought, oh, God. You know. She looked at me, and she says, I'm here to tell you that God knew your name while you was in your mother's womb. That got my attention. She began to prophesy over me. And I stood there. And you talk about being humiliated. I said, oh, my God. God, you know what God was doing? He was rebuking me, and yet he was giving me a promise. Because he loved me. And he was saying, don't despise the small things, the day of small things. Don't, don't look down. I'm here. I can speak. But I never forgot that incident. And let me tell you, when we walked out, we walked out with a different attitude than we did when we walked in. So don't ever do that in Jesus' school. <laughs> I don't think you ever will. You're not like your papa. Okay. All right. And then what did Paul, God, and I'm stopping here. What did the persistent, and Moses was persistent, what did he say in the 18th verse? Anybody got it? Show me, right. Show me your presence. 
all through it, he's persistent. I want, I don't want an angel. I want you. I don't want this. I want you. Then he said, show me your glorious presence. This is what God wants to show us. You know, God loves to have us come like we did today. And isn't it so wonderful? God speaks to us and says, hey, you know, I'm here. And I don't want to waste my time, but I'm here. And you're being distracted. You know, know, focus in because I got something to do for you. (laughs) I think that's awesome. I, I, the spirit, there's a, there's, a, there's a distraction here. Isn't it wonderful to be the service to be led by the Lord? And then when we listen to God and we focus in and, and, and we don't allow ourselves, I mean, there was, there was, there was, some, there was, there was distractions at the beginning of the service. And finally, when we got there, and I think and, in a wonderful way, he just rebuked us and said, I'm here, pay attention to me. So when we started worshiping him and focusing on him, look what happened. Look what happened. Amen? Well, we got him, we got him off the mountain. Uh, yeah, that's right. And that's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk about his goodness and his gracious in in Exodus 34. And then I want to go on telling you that God invites you to come. And he's opened up the way. Now, it's not a sin to be discouraged. It's not a sin to be down so low that you're looking up to see bottom. And it's not a sin to doubt. Until, unless, unless you don't recognize your doubt and you don't seek God to help you in your doubt. What did that man say that was for his boy to be healed? He said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Now, did God help him? Heal him. Heal the son. (laughs) There's nothing that you can do bad enough for God, even as a Christian, for God to forsake you. He has to, when we sin, he has to withdraw his blessing because he will not bless sin. But when we come to God, in that secret place, an old song used to go, shut in with God in that secret place. There in the spirit, beholding his face, gaining new power to run in life's race. Oh, I long to be shut in with God. Ask God for that kind of a desire and watch what happens. Some of you are getting there and going into it and I've seen changes, changes, changes and how we are just, this church body has changed and it's wonderful the way we go after God. Don't relent. 
Don't relent. Keep going after it. Can you say amen?